0: We've got a bumper show coming your way on Inside the NRL. There's blood in the water in the Shire as the Sharks start to circle John Morris. Brad Fittler joins us to talk all things Rugby League as Jerome LeWine continues his push for a Blues berth. And Tigers fans turn on their own. But where to next for Michael Maguire's men? Hello, welcome to Inside the NRL. Five weeks into the 2021 season. Upsets galore across the weekend. Manly and Cowboys enjoyed their first win, while the Dragons, they continue their charge into the top four. I'm Zach Bailey, joined once again by... 2010 Premiership winner with the Dragons, Jamie Soud, City Morning Herald's Michael Chiamas. Wasn't it former Panthers player last year? All of a sudden it's 2020, 2010 Dragons Premiership <laughs> winner. I'll tell you what, Listen whatever, to whatever sour touches turns to gold, but it's time to find out what left egg on Michael and Jamie's face. There we go.
1: The little bubble yeah. dolls there with egg. So. Um, the Cowboys left egg on my face. I wrote them off last week. Uh, got stuck into them in the previews. They look really disjointed. I didn't think they would win a game for for another month or so. But they came at their big occasion. Rose to the occasion more than the, the home side, and I was really happy to see them throw the ball around. I thought that that sort of style, that looser style, has actually suited them. So they left egg on my face this week. What about you, Chamus? I'm going to throw the egg this week. Oh, uh, is the that egg. allowed?
2: Yeah, egg on someone. Yeah, I, I caught the egg. It's very Western Sydney of me. I. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
0: I think that the egg is on the... I won't cop that. Well, I'm from the... As voice of the West.
2: Yeah, that's that's okay. (laughs) That's okay. Listen, speaking of the West, I think the egg is on the face of the Bulldogs. When Matt Burton scores the try, we've got vision, I hope, of Matt Burton scoring on the weekend and he grabs the badge. Now, I'm not saying anything that he's going to stay at Penrith because he can't. He's not staying at Penrith. But look at this. I'm sure they would have loved that at Penrith and Canterbury thinking...
1: Yeah. That does not look like a kid that wants to leave early at the potential of possibly
0: winning a championship. No, that's well, fair. And I'll tell you what, for a playmaker who looks mighty fine in the centres for the Panthers at the moment, as I said uh, a minute ago, the Dragons, they've won four straight. They are flying. I was out of Bankwest Stadium yesterday and we got some exclusive vision of a uh, staff member from the Dragons leaving the stadium <laughs> Here he is, <laughs> strutting his way out of Bankwest. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I've never seen you in a better mood, Sally, so than yesterday afternoon. Conor McGregor at yeah, all. Very
1: good. And that was a, a, an impressive performance by by the Dragons. It was. It's a tough place to play at Bank West. Beautiful stadium, even out there pre-game. I, I really enjoyed the atmosphere and the crowd coming in, but the boys, they, they've, they've you know, scrapped and scraped the, the four wins in a row. I don't think that we've played our best footy, but we controlled the footy last night, made it hard
0: for Parramatta and had a big win. The critics were well and truly out before the start of the season, especially after their charity shot. Charity Shield loss to the Rabbitohs. What's the belief like compared to back then?
1: Oh, Yeah, the charity shield was a public, you know, probably a chance... Um, for everyone to have a dig at us and everyone tipped us to come last after that but with inside the, the Dragons you know, dressing room and those players have worked really, really hard and I think they've put their egos aside and they've opened themselves up to new ideas and, and the coaching staff and Anthony Griffin and, and they've worked hard for each other. It's, they've put the final product out in the field by working hard for each other and not listening to outside pressure. As the season starts to go now, they're on the radar. Big game this week against the Warriors.
0: Michael, you were one of the critics. There has been many among us. Since when? <laughs> since day one when Sowie <laughs> sat right here for our first show of the year. But uh, the big question now is, they're in the top four after four straight wins. It's a long year. Can they finish in the top eight?
2: Well, that's the guy. I don't think they're a top four football team. They've done well to get there. But I think they are a top eight footy team. And the way Matt, Matt Duft is playing at the moment, I think he's off contract in the, of the year. He's been sensational for the Dragons. I, I definitely think this is a top eight football team. And that is why we've been so angry, Sowie, the last few years, is because the roster has been good enough to play finals football and they haven't delivered. So we get to this point now where they're playing to their potential and even without Ben Hunt and am I surprised? Yes, but should they be playing this ball? They've got some good players in their football team. They're not we're not at a level where the West Tigers are or the Cowboys where they're trying to rebuild. They have a good, some good players in their football team and I think they are a realistic shot at the top eight.
0: And they've just added another good player to their roster. He's a Maroons Australians representative in Josh Maguire. There's reports this afternoon that that deal is done. Sowie, what does he add to this Dragons outfit?
1: Oh, I think it's a great signing. I mean, he was I was critical of Josh and the way that he and um, they handled that situation at North Queensland. But what it does now, it allows Tyrell Fullmayano to empty the tank a lot quicker and still have some foot speed in the middle. I thought last night, the three big forwards that came on Alvaro, Cade Ellis and Trent Merrin did fantastic. But in a game that's only getting faster, I think you know, a lot of experience in the middle of the ruck and that foot speed will certainly you know, add to the depth of the Dragons. It's a key signing, I reckon.
0: All right, plenty of news around the Dragons. Even more news surrounding the Cronulla Sharks. Michael uh, chamus had in his Sydney Morning Herald article yesterday that uh, John Morris is all but... On the way out at the end of this year with um, Craig Fitzgibbon, the Roosters assistant, agreeing to coach him next year. What's the latest today? We believe there's been a meeting between John Morris and the club.
2: Yeah, there was a meeting this morning between John Morris, the club and his manager in regards to John's future going forward. Off contract at the end of the year. I don't think John Morris will be there next year. Now, the club has said differently. They said he's still in pole position to be in charge of the Sharks in 2022. I I find that astounding, to be honest with you, because all my mail suggests that Craig Fitzgibbon is all but done for next year. And if... If the Sharks are leading John Morris down this path, I think it's poor form. I think if they've made their mind up already, and which, to be fair, Craig Fitzgibbon is, is a long way down the track. We're talking coaching staff down the track. I think it's poor taste and what they're doing to John Morris, leaving him to believe that he's still a chance.
0: All right, well, uh, Morris has had his hands tied when it comes to recruitment, salary cap issues, not a lot of, a lot of money there to spend. He's only recruited the likes of uh, Jesse Ramion back to the club and Aidan Tolman. So that has meant that he's had to blood a lot of youngsters who have played less than 50 games. Let's take a look at some of the players that have made, uh, made it into the grade and have performed pretty well. Jack Williams... Uh, Brayden hamlin Ueli, Britton Nakora, Blake Braley Sione Katawa had a couple of games before he arrived Ronaldo Mortalo, uh, Talakai, Toby Rudolph Will Kennedy Billy uh, Magulius Sowie he's done what a lot of other experienced coaches like Michael Maguire with the Tigers has struggled to do he's won a premiership so is the treatment of John Morris over the last six months especially now unfair or justified?
1: Uh, I think it's justified to a certain degree he, in- he inherited a pretty good roster a team that was top eight capable. I think Michael Maguire and the West Tigers are a long way off where the Sharks and their squad is. That The question that comes back every time and time again is are they getting any better? You know, they have great wins. They were fantastic against the Cowboys for 60 minutes the other night. Uh, they were great against uh, the Roosters, but are they getting any better to the point where they're going to be able to compete for a title in two or three years? That's, that's the question that you start looking for. Um, they made the eight last year by not meeting a top eight team. So that's where the questions start to come in because if you've reached a ceiling, and I was critical of Anthony Griffin at the Penrith Panthers, is they, they got to a ceiling. You know, if, if that's the ceiling right there for the team, how can you keep trying to re-sign the coach if they've reached their ceiling already? They need someone to come in over the top and put the finishing touches on. It happens in, in professional sport everywhere.
0: Chamis, if it was Craig Bellamy, you'd expect him to come in there and take them to the next level. But is Craig Fitzgibbon an upgrade? I think
2: Craig Fitzgibbon is by all reports and renowned in the game, as the next best one, ready to go. He's ready to go. He's been in the system with the Roosters. You couldn't have asked for a better apprenticeship, right? He's served under Trent Robinson for 10 years at the Roosters. He's obviously played at the Roosters and been part of a winning culture. He's ready to go. If anyone's going to go in there and succeed in terms of a rookie coach, then he's the right man. However, I get the argument what you're coming with here, uh, Zach, is... There is no guarantee here. You're not hiring someone here who's got the runs on the board. But we've seen with the West Tigers, they've hired someone with runs on the board and it didn't work. So perhaps they're looking at
1: Justin Holbrook. And They were in a lot of bad contracts, though, the Tigers then. The Sharks right now, Craig Fitzgibbon comes in with a potential blank canvas to get rid of some of those back ended contracts, plus try and sign some new guys and you know be on the improve straight away. I think when a coach comes in and, you know, to a, a bad club, which is what happens because the top clubs don't sack their coach, they inherit a roster. They might not want 10 of those guys. So it takes time to get rid of those. Trey Fitzgibbon comes in 14 guys off contract I like think they've got. Yeah. So he's got a lot of money to be able to spend the years coming forward. Unfortunately for John Morris, he hasn't had that luxury.
0: Alright, one of those players off contract at the moment is Sean Johnson. He's out injured at the moment, but he joined Sunday night with Matty Johns on Fox League. I, just, I look at the facts, bro. I, I, just, I don't know how you can have a coach that uh, has been thrown at the, in the deep end right from the start, um, had to take over a difficult situation with Flanagan leaving, um, just chased, got after it, taken his side to the finals the last couple of years and then find himself in the position that he's in right now. It's um, yeah, certainly disappointing. He hasn't had any control over the, um, over the roster. He's been in a situation where our cap's been shot the last couple of years and he's just made do with what he's got and he, he's got, got us all on board. So I, I genuinely can't speak highly enough of him. That uh, is courtesy of Fox League. Sowie, how will this current situation around the coach affect those 14 players that are off contract and whether they want to re-sign with the club?
1: Well... It, it, you can say you're in for the team. You're, it's a business. You know. it's it's easy to to be saying that now, and they've got a lot of people off contract. But if a contract is sitting in front of you that will secure your long term future, you, know, you think about yourself first. I don't care what anyone says, and that will be the situation with those fourteen guys. You're not going to take less to stay. You know, because of the new coach, it'll be up to the new coach. And I think the quicker that they get that done, they'll be able to sit down with those guys and say, look, we're not you know uh, trashing what John Morris has done. It's been fantastic what he's been able to do, but Making the finals is, year after year isn't successful. You've got to be able to be competing for championships. Otherwise, the pressure is always going to be on you, like it is on the other 15 teams that don't win the
0: comp every year. Michael, should Craig Fitzgibbon be concerned with the way they've treated John Morris before he goes there?
2: I think there are people trying to convince Craig Fitzgibbon that he should be concerned. I think that he, he's been looking at this for months now. Months. And I think he's done all his homework around the juniors, the pathways, and he thinks it's the right job for him in the salary cap situation. Should he be concerned with the way the club's handled it? Yeah, sure, because I I don't think it's been handled very well at all by the Sharks,
0: what they've done to John Morris. Okay, so let's look forward a couple of weeks. If they announce that Craig Fitzgibbon will take over next year, should they just bring him in this year? No. He yeah, won't leave. The, mid, the mid-season
1: one you won't do, he's, con- he's committed to the Roosters and what it d- would do is if he comes in and they don't perform up to standard with all those guys with contract stuff going on, then he's tarnished straight away going into next year. So he'll start fresh in the off-season, get his signings done and then hit the ground running in 2022.
0: OK, while well, we're on the topic of coaches, no better person to bring in than Blues coach, New South Wales coach Brad Fittler. Freddie, thanks so much for joining us on inside the NRL. We're just talking about one of your long-term teammates. He's part of your Blues coaching staff in Craigford Skibbon. Why would he make a good NRL coach?
3: Well, it's yet to be seen, but I assume he's going to. He, He works very hard. He knows the game back to front. He loves the game. He's got an affiliation with the Cronulla area. He lived there for a long time while he played for the Roosters. So he knows a lot about the fans and the supporters there. He's done his apprenticeship under Robbo, mostly one of the best in the business, so he knows what coaching's all about, how it's not just about what you're doing on the field and what you're doing on game day, but everything also goes into it. So I've got to say, there's not many other people that I'd say I'd trust more than taking on a first-grade role than Craig Fitzgibbon.
2: Freddie, you're very close to him, obviously, over a long period of time. Do you think he wants this role?
3: Absolutely. He... Uh, He's been sitting under Robo now for, what, how long? Six, seven, eight years? And you don't do that unless you want to coach. And I think he's got to the stage where the right job come up. I think there were some other options last year. And he decided against them, and I think wisely. And uh, it shows a lot of maturity and a, a lot of faith in yourself as well just to wait for the right job because they just don't come up all that often.
1: Freddie, uh, the form of Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary, impressive on Friday night. How important is that combination going to be in your selection for State of Origin this year?
3: Yeah, they're fantastic. I'm loving the way they're playing. It's sort of their own style. And I don't think it's just them, though. I think their whole team contributes emotionally better than every other team in the competition at the moment. I think if you look at their team, they've got one bloke, James Fisher-Harris, who plays in New Zealand... There's not another Australian or New Zealand rep or England rep in their team, so... It says they're getting a lot out of the players on the field and their halves are setting up the game and also taking opportunities when they're on. They're very great to watch, actually, at the moment, Penrith. Great to watch.
1: Is there a p- possibility that that whole left edge for New South Wales could be Luai, Crichton, maybe Brian Tottle?
3: Yeah, well, Brian's played both sides, so... You know, I think Josh Carr is okay, still doing a good job. I think Fergo's playing OK at the moment. There's a few wingers there that are still doing doing well, so I'm sort of not going to use Penn at the moment when I'm thinking about my team. It's, everything's up in the air still, but I've got to say, the Penrith blokes, just the way they work for each other. You know, I like a team that does that and not just wait for the big moment, so I really enjoy watching them play and, you know, I think, when you watch teams that you like, you sort of it says that's something about your coaching style, I think. So I think over time, you'll definitely see a lot of Penrith players represent. Freddie, I know you don't want
2: to pen anything in right now, but I'm sure at the end of last year, you would have had Ryan and penned in for that 14 spot, got injured in the grand final. Is it is that 14 jersey his to lose the way he's playing
3: at the moment? I oh, he think so. I think the fact is he played nearly a full season coming off the bench and playing 5-8. Playing lock, playing wherever he had to, and uh, just reading the story that Billy Slater spoke about his attitude last year and how he approached Billy, and said, "Well, how can I get in this side?" And Billy said, well, do whatever you have to do," and that's what he did. And now you're just seeing the results of someone who's just worked really hard. He obviously studies the game because no one goes to the line in the Melbourne team, and if they offer the ball up, he's not there. He knows every single player in his team what they can do, so. Been a very impressive, rise and the way he handles it's also incredibly impressive as well. So, but the key is, I think that he's played that position before and did an incredible job coming off the bench, playing any position he had to. It was interesting talking to him about it, how he's saying sometimes if they didn't have that ball for those first couple of minutes, if it was in the middle, it cooked him really quick. So, uh, I think there's a few tactics around if you're going to use him there.
1: Freddie, I've been impressed with Sam Walker in the first couple of weeks, but that 20 minutes to finish the game the other night when all the chips were in the middle, have you seen any better than that? How good is this kid?
3: Well, he's a bit like you, I thought, Sally. I remember watching <laughs> you come through and uh, you weren't that big, and, but you knew footy and I think he's exactly the same. He's obviously a kid who's just played footy since he was a kid. Uh, he's watched footy, his father's a footy player, his uncle's are footy player's. And you can see that in his game. I love those long passes because the way outside defenders def- defend, they just—they don't think. They just come up and they've pre-selected who they're going to tackle. And Sam's done his homework, obviously, and just picks them out every time. So it's a bit of tactics and also skill in that—not to throw it too hard, well, it's going to go over their head. So a little bit of physics. I think Sam must have done physics at school, <laughs> just working on the loft of the ball. But. Uh, Sorry, boys, I lost my headphone. (laughs) (laughs) I was getting excited with the loft. But uh, he reminded me a bit of you, Sal. He's just a young kid who just knows a lot about the game, knows where to kick, when to kick, how to support people. Uh, I think he's got a big future. He faces his
0: biggest test of his short career in just his third game. He heads down to Amy Park. The uh, rivalry against the Storm has been one of, the best in the bi- one of the best in the game recently with the Roosters. How do you think he'll handle that test on the edge? No doubt they're going to target him.
3: Yeah, well, Cronulla targeted him and, and mostly got the better of him early in the game. But I think the most impressive part of that, he didn't lose his head. He, he just got on with his job. And then when momentum turned, I thought Hargreaves had a lot to do with that when he come on the field, steady things up a little bit, and I thought he started to get the advantage through the middle, and then Sam reacted to that. So, I think of the man, they are a bit undercooked. Uh, the roosters, obviously, Friendy's out, and they got a lot of blokes injured. So, uh, I think the hook, the new hooker Ben Meshke, i think uh, he got suspended—is that right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So he's out. So they they're going pretty deep in to their uh, number nines. Um, Sam Walker, can he win the day for the boys? I think if everyone else can do a great job and I think Melbourne have got to have a bit of an off day but I think there's not many I think they're pretty much fully fit I think I saw Branko Lee on the extended bench, I think Fanukin's coming back soon so yeah, it's a tough win down there but you know what they're pretty plucky the Chooks at the moment they're playing with a lot of confidence and you got some experience on the outside edge, you can score some great tries, so Melbourne want to be focused. Do you think, Freddie, if this wasn't the, the
2: Melbourne storm the Roosters were playing this week, we might have seen Suwali playing the centres, Manu moved to six and maybe Hutchinson at nine?
3: Yeah, well, I know is confident that Manu can play 5-8 and that's the key, but I feel like the longer they can hold him off, more the better. I don't think the age and all that has much to do with it, but he, he will bring a lot of attention and I've got to say, with all the players out, they sort of floated a little a little bit under the radar, the Chooks. So they got dusted up by South, and it looked pretty resounding that game. But I think everything they've done since shows the team that's working really hard. So I think I like Robert likes the way the team's going at the moment.
0: Freddie, thanks so much for joining us on Inside the NRL. Uh, continue living in paradise. It looks like a great backdrop
3: up there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go feed the llamas there. They're sort of looking at me with a... With one eye closed, saying, "Come on, mate, give us (laughs) some do it." All right, we better let you go then. The
0: Blues coach, and of course, Channel Nine commentator Brad Fittler. Thank you so much. Good, you fellas. And, of course, you can catch Freddie and the gang uh, through Thursday, Friday night footy, and, of course, Sunday afternoon. 100% Footy is back on Channel 9 tonight, 10.15pm. Make sure you have your hot chocolate or tea ready because they've got a special guest on the show, our very <laughs> own Michael Chalmers.
2: Yeah, thanks, mate. Appreciate it.
0: But of course, Forget about
2: Gus and Gal. Way past your bedtime.
0: Forget about Gus and Gal. Gee, he's already sledging. The team, all right. Last year, Michael Maguire called for the end of the roller coaster in Tiger Town, but the ups and downs continue in season 2021. Another low on the weekend yesterday at Leichardt, a loss to the Cowboys. As a result, the pressure on Luke Brooks continues to intensify. Michael, you had an article today talking about Luke Brooks and his future with the club. He's there until 2023, as it stands, but will he actually see out his contract?
2: My gut feel is no, to be honest with you. I think that the Tigers are starting to feel like Luke Brooks' time at the club is, is drawing to an end. Now, I wrote in the Sydney Morning Herald today that the club, the directors had an approach from someone, a high-profile person in the game who approached them at halftime and said, the coach is not the problem. Now... I think the jury's still out on Michael Maguire whether he is or isn't the problem. You, you don't you know, obviously it's an attitude thing with the Tigers at the moment, but perhaps you can argue well, is that the coach's responsibility to have their heads right and ready to go? For Luke Brooks, however, I think I think Luke Brooks looks, looks like someone who wants out as well. I, I feel as though he has been under so much pressure pressure since he started his career as an 18-year-old, likened to Andrew Johns, the next Joey. I, I feel sorry for Luke Brooks. I, I think, and I think Phil Gould made the point in a tweet. I think Phil. Luke Brooks needs to, perhaps needs to move on from the Tigers for his own sake. He said that he, I think there was a tweet that the problem with the Tigers is not Luke Brooks, maybe the Tigers are the problem for Luke Brooks, or something like that. Is anyway.
0: that similar to Sean Johnson being the face the Warriors for so long and it kind of freed him of that pressure?
1: Yeah, uh, in a, in a sense, but you also, you know, poor old Luke Brooks is a, is a punching bag every single week and, and I've you know, had my shot when he hasn't played well but you look at some of those highlights, that was a massive occasion not only for Luke Brooks wearing the number seven but also that team yesterday the, the team's got to have some sort of ownership about how they went to the field in the first half and how they didn't rise to the occasion for Luke Brooks or for themselves so um, it's easy to always scapegoat the number seven and the halves and I understand that, I've been in that role but you know, sometimes we need to look look across the whole 13 as well.
0: So how concerning is that on an emotional day, one of the most important days in the club's recent history, honouring Tom Radonicus, that they couldn't aim up?
1: It's concerning for me because I... In in preview in this game, I didn't actually get to see it. I listened to it. But I just thought it was a a gimme for the Tigers. I thought everything, like Hart-Oval, I hated playing there when I was in opposition. You know, the dressing rooms, all that kind of stuff, I thought it was just tailor-made for a beautiful Sunday afternoon for them to come out, get the job done. And they showed some signs against fight back against, you know, the Parramatta Reels. They had a good win in Newcastle. But, you know, something's missing there. Something is missing.
2: Tell me if I'm wrong, Sowie. I think their roster is better than what it was 12 months ago. Yes. Y- yet they've gone backwards. Why? I don't know. If I if I knew, I wouldn't be sitting here. I'd be with Michael McGuire in the away co- the coaches box. So, by the way, I did see Michael McGuire before the game yesterday. I spoke to him. It was about four hours before kick off. He was watching Jersey Flag, and I said, "I yeah, you know, should be an easy one today." And he's like, "Mate, these ones are the ones you worry about the most." And I think yeah. you
0: you're worried. He was worried before the game that his players wouldn't rise to the occasion, but. They clearly didn't. Okay, just a quick one. The booing at halftime. Their team trailing by almost twenty. Like it? Don't like it?
1: Oh, yeah. I think play on. Yeah, acceptable. Yeah, I've been booed. I think we'll win in a halftime, and I've been booed. I was just playing that bad, but um, I, I don't think as a player coming off yesterday in a Tigers jersey that you couldn't have expected anything less. You know, passionate fans, heightened emotions about the Tommy yeah you know, day and celebrating him and. Yeah, they just didn't live up
0: to it, and I thought you'd you probably have to expect that. All right, plenty going on in the rugby league world, so we have to move on. It's now time for our casualty board, brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. And thankfully, this list isn't as big as it has been in previous weeks. The hardest hit, the Broncos. Ben Teo will miss 12 weeks with a ruptured biceps. Manly got their first win of the season, but have lost Dylan Walker for an extended period and Jack Najewski for the season. Josh Hodgson, he trained today despite injuring his hip against the Panthers on Friday night. He didn't complete every drill, but the Raiders didn't even send him for scans and are hopeful he'll face the Eels this week. Sharks duo Wade Graham and Josh Dugan are in doubt, while Roosters hooker Freddie Lusick will miss six to eight weeks after he had surgery today on a broken forearm. The Cowboys expect Jason Tamalolo to return this Sunday against Bulldogs, while Hamasode Tabuai Fido needs scans after injuring his ankle yesterday. That, of course, is the Casualty Ward brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. Right now, it's time for Hit or Miss. Of course, uh, Anthony Milford, he has been uh, dropped this week for the Broncos clash. The question, though, he won't be at the Broncos at the end of this year. So, by the end of the year, he won't be a Bronco, hit or miss? Hit for me. I think if you talk about Luke Brooks
1: needing a fresh coat of paint somewhere else, um, Anthony Milford probably in the same boat. Uh, just trying to, you know, in the pre game, trying to work out where he might possibly end up. But, yeah, you know, Kev, he's put the. Last week it was about his contract and then this week he's dropped as well, so uh, the signs don't look great.
0: So that before he won't even see out the year at the Broncos? Oh, well,
1: I mean, Chemis was discussing before, half the contract's been paid, so he might even just be better off going this year and trying to get a little payout at the end of the year, I don't know.
2: It's if he's not part of Brisbane's plans going forward, what are their plans though? Oh, who knows? They've got that. They've picked they're, they're, two
1: they're, halfbacks. They're, 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 they're ruining t- young
2: Dearden and Croft every single week. I, I don't know what they're doing. Their roster is so skewed, the balance. The like, can you believe Payne Haas is one of the lowest paid forwards at that club? Thomas Flegler's on more money than Payne Haas. Like the, the way that the salary cap is done at the moment at Brisbane, is just leaving them in all sorts of problems. I, I think if Anthony Milford is not wanted. And there's a club with some injuries come finals time. You've got to logus 1. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Milford slots into a number six role somewhere just as a risk because someone needs to fill a spot.
0: So you're also a hit, saying he won't be there by the end of
2: the
1: year. I'm a hit. I know we're tight on time. Are they better this year with Kevy Or are they better off without Anthony Seabold? Same thing. Yeah.
0: Alright, Preston Campbell, Matt Rogers, Scott Prince, Luke Bailey, Greg Bird, Ashley Harrison, Nate Miles, AJ Brimson, Mal Meninga, off-field, what they all have in common, they're all signings for the Gold Coast Titans. The statement, David Fafita is the best ever Titan signing. Hit, tick, tick, tick.
1: Get some sound effects behind that. What a performance the other day. This is, yeah, talk about bang for buck. He was fantastic. I thought he was the best player on the field and the, the, the hype is starting to be real. You know, they've... I was worried, and I still am a little bit worried about how they play to him at times, but Jamal Fogarty, Ash Taylor, if they can get it right, he is a one-man wrecking ball on that left edge, and they all look like they feed off
0: him. Best signing. Michael.
2: Uh, missed to that one. Hit for uh, best signing for MC Hammer's fantasy team. Smashed it as captain on the weekend. <laughs> I'm very happy with Enough that.
0: Enough about yourself. You're on 100% footy tonight. we you your plug.
2: I say miss. I'm going to go with Tino. I just think. I said at the start of the year, I think Tino, value for money. What they paid for him compared to what they pay, paid for feeder. Big Tino fan. Tino, who sorry? Fasu Malawi. Okay, good attempt. I was practicing before the game.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're gonna, a little more, a bit more practice needed. <laughs> uh, following the sad passing of Tommy Rodonicus, 2GB host Mark Levy uh, put something out on Twitter which caught my eye. He said the State of Origin Shield should be renamed the Beetson Rodonicus Shield, SAWI. Hit. No brainer. No brainer. Yeah. Why, why would it mean so much to them?
1: Well, they laid they made it origin. Yeah. That's that's as simple as that. I don't think you overcomplicate these things. You look at Artie there and, and Tommy and Yeah, how much respect they have within the game, I think it'd be a fantastic addition. Yeah, we've got the Wally Lewis Medal. Yeah, why not now? We make it the Radonikas beaten. <laughs> Someone got punched in the face after scoring a try there.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't have played ever again. <laughs> no way. All right, it's time to move on. They were both two champions, and our thoughts are with the Radonikas family and everybody uh, that knew him, which were a lot of people in the rugby league circle. Uh, Michael Chamus, your duties for champ or chump this week?
2: Yes, I'm disagreeing with Sierra before the uh, the show. I'm going to go with the Panthers fans as my champs of the week. I, I was on the hill on Friday night watching that game against the Raiders and little five-year-old Sam asking what was going on. He's saying, why are we doing the Viking clap? I joined in. I, I love it. Well, I love this. Yeah, it just builds rivalries. I like them. Michael Ennis did it a few years ago and taunted the Raiders fans. And I love that we were, uh, by we I meant the game, we're watching that.
0: You will we.
2: we at
1: the start of the show the Dragons, Parramatta, he says it when Brad <laughs> Arthur gives him an interview. Mitchell Pierce gives him an interview. He says we. Oh, and now he's nice. a Penrith Panthers fan.
2: I was on the hill. I was
0: on the hill. You will not be welcome back into Canberra or Ricky Stewart's office anytime soon for a one-on-one. I know, we
2: were arguing about Tarponet. I'm I'm fine with it. I'm
0: right? off the Stephen Crichton Tarpanay thing. That's, okay. Nah. Okay. You have your, your you have your week for champ or champ in a couple of weeks. What about? So you, you you've dumped the champ of the week. You've gone with another. Yeah, I'm going champ. with
2: second champ of oh, the Glenmore Park Brumbies under sixes. Going with uh, the little fella's four try performance on the weekend, I don't know if we've got any vision of it. Yes, we did. Yeah, the carry on after the game. I've taught him well through the line here against the Doomside ruse, and uh, the celebration after the game. I was happy with that one. Did he give Dad an interview after the game? Twenty dollars, we have to give him. Twenty dollars oh, Five dollars a try.
1: Jeez. Hey, Ollie, I'm lying. Dad's earning a lot more than that, mate. <laughs> get ten, get ten a try. Fifty big ones, yeah. surely. <laughs> for a try.
0: Fifty or pass the ball, share it with your teammates. Four. All tries. right, I reckon. Chamus is my chump because of his carry on saying we about everything on yeah. 100% footy tonight. Seriously. Don't forget to tune into NRL teams tomorrow afternoon. Uh, Neve Owens will be joined by Brett Kamali and Robbie Farrar. He is away. So Luke Lewis will bring you the latest team news from round four, round six as soon as the team list drop. They're on air from 355 pm Australian Eastern Standard Time before the. Uh, teams are officially in at four o'clock. That wraps things up, Michael. Good luck tonight on 100% footy. I'll be tuning in. Thanks, mate. For a big show. It. Just be yourself, mate. Jamie, yes. well done. Go the Dragons, eh? Another big week. Wee wee. Jeez, I can't That's deal with next. that anymore. <laughs> uh, thank you once again for joining us at home. We can't wait for the footy this weekend, especially that match between the Storm and Roosters.
3: Another great chapter. This will be a game of the highest quality. Just feel the anticipation in the air tonight. Oh, wow. it. The Roosters are floater! Tupel make it. Oh, my goodness. The ultimate answer for Solomon. And it's a night for acrobatics here in Melbourne.